Welcome to the Architect of Change Show with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman & Associates. Now here's Connie. Hi, you're listening to webtalkradio.net with your host, Connie Whitman, and you're listening to Architect of Change. So thank you so much for joining me this week. The motivational quote that I chose today is by Andre Putman, and it says, for a house to be successful, the objects in it must communicate with one another, respond, and balance one another. Have you ever walked into a friend's house and felt as if you never wanted to leave? It made you feel really homey and comfy and peaceful. How did they achieve that feeling? Even if you frequently watch HGTV shows like I do, it seems like magic when they do that final reveal at the end. So what's really going on to get the house they're transforming to look so picture perfect? Would you like to know some of the trade secrets of interior designers so you can create your comfortable space design to help you achieve that easy flow, whether it's an open concept floor plan, yes, I've learned that on, H on Flip or Flop, and I think the other show is Love It or Leave It, um, or perhaps you're trying to achieve ease of moving through your house or your office space without hitting a knee or tripping over lamp wires. If that's what you're looking for, today's show really has the answers for you. My guest, Holly Volp, she, Volpe, she is on the show actually for the second time, is going to discuss how to plan your room design and the things you'll need to consider for, in quotes, best use, as well as, again, in quotes, best appearance of the space. Holly's an interior designer, space planner, and home stager whose passion is designing spaces that speak to the heart of the client. Through conversations and personal meetings, she has mastered the art of understanding what is the best design for her clients. It's not one size fits all. In fact, it's no particular size fits most, and she loves that. She happens to be a member of the American Society of Interior Designers, certified project manager, certified uh, color consultant, certified staging professional. So I want you to put your hands together as we get ready for Holly as she helps us plan the perfect design flow for our homes um, so you, you can look like you're out of the Better Homes and Gardens magazine. So Holly, thank you so much for being on again. Oh, thank you for having me. And you know what? That was the perfect introduction to space because, you know, the word space is such an important factor and component before you design or do anything in any kind of a room, whether it's commercial, an office space, or a residential space, because it really, really is important to consider, as you mentioned, two things, the best use of the space as well as what the appearance is that you're trying to achieve. So... And 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 don't you think, well, I mean, you do this for a living, obviously, but you must walk into people's homes and think, oh, my God, what were they thinking? Or, wow, they really did a nice job with the space, et cetera. So you must oh. see it immediately. I do. I do. You know what? It, it's almost like, you know, when something looks like it's out of place when you walk into a room or it looks like it, it just doesn't belong or it should be moved over. Yes. Automatically, your brain will start, you know, kind of doing the um, computations as to what needs to be moved to the left, the right or up or down. But yeah, and it's just from doing it over and over again. And listen, I've learned much of what I've learned from 
yes, being educated, but also from making my own mistakes because we all make them. Um, So, you know, one of the things I always say is you want to figure out what's the best use of the space. So in order to do that, of course, you're going to look at the shell of the room, but you want to figure out what is it that you're trying to do in there because you can group your furnishings into large groups or small groups that become part of a group. So for an example, what I mean by that is so, you know what, if you have a space and you don't have room for a big table, yes, you can put the ottoman there. That serves as for you. It could be for your feet. It could also be as a coffee table if you put a tray on it. You know, you could put magazines on it. So that's what we mean when we say making good use of a space and it being part of a group. Sure. Now, oh, yeah, and overall, like on a, on a larger scheme, you know what? You put a sofa table behind the sofa, and it becomes an extra table now for a lamp. It also becomes part of the room, let's say, that's adjacent, and you could use it as a ser- you know, server when you're you know, entertaining. So you want to take those things into consideration and group them accordingly. You know, oftentimes you see, you'll see a chair you know, off, off yonder in a room, and there's no lamp near it, there's no table, there's no ottoman, so it kind of looks out of place. It just looks like, a, you know, unless you're just going to sit there and put your shoes on, that's what we mean by grouping. What would go with it to make it look like it belongs? And then, yes, it can become part of a larger scale. Yeah, so it's almost like your example with the um, table behind the sofa that can u- be used as a server. Let's say if the dining room is right off of that living area, you have the kitchen, like you have that open space. So the kitchen, that dining area, and the living area are all kind of one big room, um, almost like a transition piece that could go either way. Yes, exactly. And then yeah. what happens is once you start putting these little groups together, and I always suggest to my customers, you know what, take a look, take, do the old bubble diagrams. Remember those back in grade school where you got to draw a little bubble and you put something in it, another bubble? So, you know, you, you, you bubble out your, your room as to what makes sense for the people in your house and what you're looking to try to achieve in there. Then you start grouping together items or pieces of furniture that are going to make sense, and then you can later on go back and go, okay, so I have this chair in this corner with a table and a lamp. It's close to my sofa, so maybe I don't need another table in that area because now the larger sofa can share the table with the chair. It sounds like common sense, but believe it or not, it is something that gets overlooked when people aren't cognizant of what it actually they're trying to achieve in this space. Um, and, you know, traffic patterns are huge. You know, you need to figure out the natural flow of your pattern of traffic first. And what I mean by that is how am I getting across the room? How am I going to go around the sofa? Is there enough room between the wall and the back of the sofa? Traffic patterns is a, a very much overlooked area. People will, you know, we buy furniture and we don't think about how we're getting around them. Yeah. I, we have friends down the shore. Um, they bu- built a beautiful house across the lagoon from, from ours. They're going to eventually retire down there. And so uh, we were on vacation a couple of weeks ago and we, we, you know, we did a walk-in. And she had us cracking up. She goes, yeah, please excuse the decorating. Example, her kitchen table was one of those big Costco plastic tables that you could collapse you know so she said we we just don't know how we're going to furnish it yet and I said well don't you have to live in it before you make those decisions and she goes oh my god you get it and I said well yeah 
have to figure out what your path is, how you use the bathroom, um, you know, what's comfortable to put someplace, you know, your cosmetics, whatever it is. And she's like, yeah, exactly. So when I tell you they had two couches and a TV on the wall, that was pretty much it. <laughs> I love it. You know what? And that's a good example of, you know, underfinished, an underfinished room is more preferable to an overfinished room. That, yeah. that, that was a good segue into that because, you know what, oftentimes, you know, we'll just throw a bunch of stuff in a room because we're really not sure what we want or how we're going to use it. And while we're making those decisions, it is uncomfortable. It's unpleasing to the eye. So you're better off with under-decorated, right? Less is more looks better. And that's exactly what your friend is doing, which is, which is good because she knows she's not sure. So why go invest in a table? So she's got, you know, this fold-up plastic table that's serving the purpose right now. It's functioning, so that, that, yeah. That's, yeah, it's, it's, it's helping her function while she figures out what to do. Um, you know, and with she can also achieve the traffic pattern issue as well by seeing where does the table make sense on where it should go. You know, space allowance is huge. So you come up with these groupings that you like, right, which is the first piece. Then you figure out your traffic patterns, and then you can plot your groupings of furniture where they would make sense, okay, and so that you could be able to walk, walk around them. You know, major traffic areas are the areas where two people need to pass each other, right? We're not just shimmying across. And you need a minimum of four feet, and often people do not give them space, themselves enough space and it becomes a hazard. Um, you know, a, a minor area, you want the minimum of two feet in between. You know, and then and later on I'll go into like little, little specifics about certain dimensions that you should use in common spots, but you know, that is just a very, very important thing to consider before getting into the next piece, which was best appearance. Yeah. You know, you come up with these groupings, you come up with your traffic pattern, and now you go, okay, now, what am I doing with it? And, you know, I feel that, you know what, your group, it's almost like art. It's like arranging, I like to use the analogy of like a bouquet of flowers. You know, what is the overall goal that you're trying to create, right? So you have to consider each piece of those, these arrangements just as you would consider like a leaf or a flower in a floral bouquet. You know, you, you put it together, and, and think about this because I love this. You, you put it together, you, you have your pussy willows, you have maybe some um, sunflowers and just some greenery, and then you look at it and you go, mm, you know what, I don't really like the way the green leaf is leaning on the, the, you know, the sunflower. I'm going to tweak this and move it around. That's the same thing that should go on when you're, you know, obviously designing. It's a little bit different when you're a professional, but for someone who wants to achieve it themselves, that's the same process that would go on. Now, it's funny. We, we, we did an extension. Um, it started with a leaky roof, and then we ended up with an extension, but we did it about 15 years ago. So my dining room is, because I, I host uh, Christmas Eve, I have 40 people, and literally the, the dining room enters into my office, and I have operable French doors, which just means it opens full length. So I, can, I literally have a 40-foot room to host this event. So my dining room table, I could keep open with all the leaves in it, but it's really big. So I didn't like that. So I said to my husband, no, we have to put just one leaf in, kind of shrink it down. 
But they kept walking and going, yeah, but something's missing, something's missing. So I had a woman who came and made a uh, family friend. She made curtains uh, for my dining room. And she goes, oh, you know what you should do with the space over there, which was like in the corner to the left of a French door. And I'm like, yeah. She says, you should put two of the chairs because you don't need them around the table and then buy like a little um, cubby for like wine or something like that. And then she doesn't put a little lamp on it. I was like, oh, my God, that's a great idea. So I did. It's beautiful. And when you walk in, the dining room looks cozy. And then when everybody comes, I just take the chairs and I make the table bigger and I put it around. But we don't need the huge table, you know, 365 mm -hmm. days a year. So it just makes the room look more inviting. Um, but it's also workable when I really need, you know, I need the space to have the parties. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. But that was somebody's idea. I wasn't that smart. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, that's, that's being very creative. Love it. Now, a bedroom. Talk to me about a bedroom because I feel like, unless you have a ginormous master bedroom, which I do not, I feel like if I get up during the night, I have to hold my hands out so I don't stub a toe. <laughs> how do you know how to position the bedroom if it's not, again, this you know really big master bedroom? No, no, no. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there are basics to measuring a space, of course. Um, you always, before you buy, you want to make sure that you, you know, start making plans for your furnishing. So, yeah, you need to measure the space and all the elements in it before you get started. Um, so for a bedroom... Um, you know, there are, there's a specific amount of space that you should have, for instance, for making a bed. So, you know, oftentimes people have it too close to the wall. You need at least a foot and a half in order to get around the bed to make it. And I know this because my son slides his bed up against the wall all the time, and I wind up, you know, leaning over to try to tuck it. So um, a foot and a half is ideal. Um, in front of a chest of, like, drawers... You want at least three feet. So sometimes people have, you know, either the dresser in front of the bed or they've got drawers underneath the bed, you know, that need to pull out. So in order to get around and maneuver and not knock into your toes and that kind of thing, you want to have a minimum of three feet of space to be able to navigate comfortably around the bed. You know, getting in and out of bed you know, it's suggested, and, you know, people tweak this up and down, but it's suggested on each side of your bed you should have at least two and a half feet okay. to be able to get out. And, and it makes sense because, you know, all, you know, you get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. You need to have a clear path. Yeah. And if you are knocking into something, whether it be the lampshade, the lampshade's too tall then, or it's too, you know, it's too big on the table, I should say, or it's too close to the table, that's when you know that things are out of whack. Um, and, you know, I always say, you know, the process of how you measure your room, it's always the footprint first. So, okay, so we talked about, you know, grouping furniture. We talked about traffic flows. And now when it comes to measuring the actual footprint of the room itself, you have to take into consideration, like you're entering your passageways, you need to measure all those areas for the width, the height, you have to do diagonally in a doorway because what if the furniture doesn't fit coming through it, right? You need to make a note of any corners that might be, you know, you might need to turn in a hallway. You ever have that, like going up a staircase and then all of a sudden it turns? You're cracking me up. 
And the furniture we, don't fit. I've been there. I've done this. <laughs> yeah. You know, we have always we have, d- down the shore. It's, it's a small cape. So going up the stairs, it's a really small staircase. So when we put, we, we finished, um, we had just an attic upstairs and we finished it and made it into two bedrooms and a bathroom. This is many, many years ago. And the one bedroom, before we put the window and everything in, we got the mattress because it was a queen mattress through there. And we thought, oh, we're going to have a problem when we have to, you know, do this when we need a new mattress. Well, fast forward, we need a new mattress. So I went to the mattress store. I'm like, so what about a box spring? Because we'll never get a box spring up this small space, especially queen size. He goes, oh, no, they make it in two pieces now. I was like, phew. Yes. (laughs) And you wind up usually with a king, like in a smaller room in a cape. Uh, oftentimes, people will buy the king because of the, the box spring being separated. That's yeah. just a, a key, key point. Yeah. A very key point. And a good well, they one, do it for queen now. But they do it for queens yes. now because we have yes. a queen Which down there. Wonderful. Yes, I was very excited. I thought, well, that was a good invention, right? It, it uh, truly was because you used to be locked into the king. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or you'd have to get the full, which really that's not comfortable. I'll tell you to sleep with, with a no. spouse or a significant other, right? We have to take no. a quick break, uh, Holly. And then when we come back, let's uh, shift and talking about the, the, like, I'm sure through your experience that you've seen people make the same mistakes and you think, yep, there it is again. I bet there's common ones that everybody makes. So we'll take a right? I know, because I know I've done it. So let's take a quick break and then we'll talk about mistakes. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. A speaker has little value to an audience unless you, the listener, is motivated and empowered to change. Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates is a renowned speaker and is an architect of change. Consultations, training, seminars, and speaking engagements are the venues where she affects change. Whether your responsibilities include customer service, sales, marketing, training, executive management, or ownership, and you are seeking change in your organization, then you need to hire Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Connie doesn't just fill your ears with rhetoric. She speaks to the heart and success of your business. So next time you need to hire a speaker, don't hire someone that just talks. Hire an architect of change, Connie Whitman. Just ask for Connie by calling 732-888-1420. That's 732-888-1420. Or email Connie at WhitmanAssociates.com. Okay, we are back, and we are speaking with Holly Volpe, who is a interior design, space design. She does it all, uh, stager for homes if you're selling, etc. So let's shift and talk about the what, what mistakes, because you giggled, so you clearly do have a list, but what are the mistakes that people do when they're buying? Uh, probably furniture, I would think, is the biggest one. Yeah, and you know what? You know, in my experience, I have seen people make these over and over again, so I think that qualifies um, my list for some of the top ten. Um, okay. And, and, you know, it's, it's, it can be very costly since, you know, furniture yeah. are, you know, some pieces are big ticket items. Um, the good news is that, you know, these costly furniture buying mistakes are preventable. Um, if you do a little preparation ahead of time. So some of the other stuff we talked about obviously helps, um, and that brings me to the number one, which goes in place with what we just talked about, and that is forgetting to measure your furniture. You know, yeah. we can measure the space. We can say we want all this. We can say the traffic flow is from here to here. We can measure our doorways. But if you neglect to measure the entire room ahead of time to make sure that your furniture is going to fit, you will be amazed 
at how many furniture purchases that you'll never that'll never make it into your house because you didn't measure, you know, or you forgot to take into account the hallways, the doors, the stairs. Um, you know, whatever the case might be. You always want to make sure that, you know, the doorway and the furniture piece, you need an additional, you know, like four inches of extra space. For your hand. In order for... Yeah, in order for something... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. In order for something to fit through um, perfectly. Um, Yeah. And, uh, you know, number two, I think, is ignoring the scale. You know, a sofa that looks just right in the store might be too big in your room or not big enough. And, you know, I've seen this a hundred times over where I walk into somebody's house and I just think to myself, my God, that is the biggest chair I've ever seen. It just doesn't fit in the room. You know, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't look right. You know, it's hard to judge, you know, looking at a picture or seeing it in a showroom. You know, it's always important to make sure that you measure and make sure that, you know, that new piece is going to match the scale of what it is you're looking to do, you know? Can you um, do that? They have, pro- do, um, I think they do, they have programs online that you could put the um, dimensions of your room and then the dimensions of the furniture and place them to see that you have the three feet and all of those kinds of things. Is that helpful or it's oh, hard it's because you can't really see? No, 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 it's 100% helpful. And, you know, in fact, that is why, you know, one of the components of our business is space planning because it is huge. Mm-hmm. You know, you can go to Raymore and Flanagan, which is, you know, a box store that you can drive up to and go in. They have floor plans that they can design for you to plot and place furniture, but it's to plot and place their furniture. Um, so, yes, it's very helpful if you're shopping in their store, but there are little things online or, like I said before, draw out that little room and then just put bubbles Put little little circles. Here's my sofa, you know, in an oval, so that this, you know, and then you could do two feet going around. You know, you can you can simplify it yourself. You 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 can. It's not that you can't. You absolutely can. Professional space planners, people like me. I mean, we draw it out. We three dimensionally draw it out and pull your walls up, and it's you know, we create the illusion of walking through the room, which is cool. But for the average person out there who just wants to, you know, take a stab at this at this themselves, yes, they absolutely can. Yeah, but I, um, Holly, that's got to be so helpful to see it in the three-dimensional format um, I think people it's hard for people to visualize what it will actually look like once it's in the room so that three-dimensional ability you know I mean again that's that's why you're an expert that you could provide those little extra touches but I, I do understand what you're saying at least give it a stab using some of the software that's on the you know available on you know, free on Google or whatever and and get take a stab at it what would be the next one absolutely you know what not testing the furniture before you buy it and I and I tread when I say this one lightly because you know we've gone from a brick and mortar to I, what I call a click and order yeah. um, lifestyle because yeah. of all, all the box stores. Yeah, closing. So it's not always possible. However, you know, when you're buying a sofa, recliner, or a chair, you know, if you have the ability to test it and judge it for the quality, I say do it. Um, you know, and I do sell pieces of furniture in my design business that people can't do that with. Um, but I stand behind them because I've seen them, you know, and I've felt them and touched them. So, but if at all possible, I always suggest that you do try to, you know, a stylish sofa can always turn out to be uncomfortable and you'll never sit on it and then you wasted your money. You know, it always, you know, looks a lot better in showrooms 
than when it could be in your house. So you, I, I do suggest try it out. You're, make, you're making me laugh. I remember when my husband and I first got married, you know, you have to go furniture shopping. So, of course, you know, we were on a very tight budget because we had no money. And I remember sitting on one chair because I'm like, oh, that's a great price. Doesn't look bad, right? I go to sit down. It was so stiff the foam that it was made like it pushed me right back out we were i'm like no we can't get this one i won't be able to sit on it, it it's like um it was like a catapult <laughs> you know i had a customer who i mean we bought this beautiful ottoman you know and i picked it out for her it just made me think of it in terms of comfort and you know what it was gorgeous it had durable fabric on it etc cetera, etc cetera. and it was going to be used for a coffee table when you know when not you know used as an ottoman so we get it and then she called me like a week later, and she goes, "You know what? I, I can't. I, I got. I can't do this ottoman." I said, "Oh my God, what's the matter?" And she said, "It is rough on my feet." <laughs> and she said, "I have." She said, "I have very soft feet." And even though it's durable, it would hide stains, the wear and tear. She said, "I never thought that it would be a big deal, but I have to tell you, it's so uncomfortable on my feet." See? So, you know, it, there is some truth to it. And, you know, yeah. who would think of that? No one would because, you know, not everybody has sensitive feet. But it yeah. is truly, in that case, it, it, we had to return it. And it's case terrible. goods, you always, you always want to test case goods, meaning like pull out the drawers, make sure that they're not, you know, getting stuck or, you know, because if they're a hindrance, you're going to hate it afterwards. So yeah. uh, that's my number three. Number four, buy, this is a big no-no, buying furniture on impulse, mm. you know, and, I mean, a lot of us do with clothing. <laughs> That's easier to return. Um, but, you know, impulsive buying is one of the biggest mistakes that people make when shopping for furniture. You know, sometimes it's the price that seems irresistible, and other times, you know, the piece just looks so good to pass it up. Or, you know, maybe you're in a hurry, you know, and, you, you know, you want your place to look nice, so, you know, you, you hurry up and buy it. You know, I say resist the impulse to make a hasty, bad decision. Sure. You know, think it through. You know what? There's always going to be a sale. There's always going to be, you know, unless you're like six hours from home and you're not going to be passing the store again, that, that's a different story. Maybe do an impulsive buy. But otherwise, I think it's just very important to think it through. Yeah, penny wise, um, dollar foolish, right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, my number five, which is a favorite of mine, especially with being a designer, mm. is asking for too many opinions. <laughs> you know, I have my house, you have your house, we all live differently, some people have pets, some people don't, some people don't drink in the living room, some people do. You know, we could go on and on and on. At the end of the day, your home is your home. It doesn't matter what your mother thinks, your best friend, or your sister. It just, it, you keep the opinions... You make the decision yourself, and then if you want to say to someone, hey, this is what I, but don't hold their opinions to making your decision. Yeah, That one true. is huge. You know, what do we say? Too many cooks in the kitchen? <laughs> yeah. You know, it just. Yeah. Too many chiefs, it, not enough Indians, right? Yes, and, you, you know, never take an entourage when you're going to shop for furniture. Yeah. And you know, yeah. first of all, it drives salespeople crazy. You know what? And you don't benefit from five people giving different opinions about what it is. Unless it's going to 
have to do with them, you know, like sitting on a couch or something like that, then, 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 you know, maybe it makes sense to have a few opinions. But if it's just for you, for your home, your friend who lives with, who doesn't live with you really doesn't belong giving. I mean, I've, I've gone on design appointments and I've had, you know, well, my friend Susie's coming over, you know, she has a design eye and, you know, she wants to sit with me and, and then Susie's given all these opinions that have nothing to do with what we've already discussed, you know, That's with funny. the customer on what That's she wants. Funny. Yeah. So I you always say steer clear. Clear. You know? Yep. Yep. Um, Number six. So, yeah. Yep. Number six, uh, not asking for help. You know what? When you go into furniture stores, the salespeople are there to help you. You know what? They can definitely, uh, you know, a lot of people don't want to talk to them because they, oh, my God, they're going to hound me. They're going to try to make a sale. I'm just looking. You know what? That's what they're getting paid for. Remember that. And, you know, they are twiddling often their fingers, you know, at times in the corner. So I say, but if you're going to make a big buying decision and, you're, you know, you're still shopping around, there is nothing wrong with going up and asking a bunch of questions. You know, for all you know, there could be a sale coming up, you know, that you don't, you're unaware of, you know, that's starting a week later. And, you know, I always say unless, unless you're going into a store and you know that it's a Memorial Weekend sale and that's what brought you in, you know, when they tell you, oh, today we're having a special, you know, this one is buy one, get one all. You know, there's always a special. There, there's always going to be a special. This is true. But always ask. You know, I mean, that's what they're there for. And, uh, yeah. you know, go during the week. That's the other thing. If you want a salesperson's full attention, go during the week. Weekends, yeah. it's busy. It's distracting. And, you know, everybody's all over the place. Um, so, yeah, ask for help when you need to. Um, seven paying too much for your furniture. You know, I just mentioned, too, about sales and different things like that. You know, when you're buying furniture, there are a lot of ways you can save. You know, there's always a choice with waiting for a special sale, but when you inquire and ask, there might be special discounts going on. You know, listen, it's almost like buying a car. You know, you can finagle and you can try to negotiate a better price. You know, and always avoid the buy now, pay later, what happens when you buy now, pay later? You're a finance person. You wind up paying a ton of money, right, in yeah. high interest rates. If yeah. you can't pay that lump sum later, yeah. There's or if you're gonna, cash. well, the other the other thing too, Holly. If you're gonna do that, and they have, because like Raymore and Flanagan, I know they do free financing for 12 months. You better make sure if that purchase was $500 that you pay the $50 a month, so you pay it off in 10 months instead of 12, so you don't get hit with the interest. But you have to be diligent if you're going to take that route. So yeah, and I didn't realize you can actually negotiate on furniture. That's, that was an interesting point. We have yes. about two minutes left. I know you have a couple of more to do. Yes. Okay. So um, you know what? Not paying enough attention to color. You know, color doesn't always look, you know, it can look overpowering in a showroom, you know, it does, or it doesn't look overpowering, you know, and then you get it home and then all of a sudden it's like, wow, you know? So mm -hmm. if you can, if when you're buying something, get a swatch. You know, if they don't have a swatch that they can give you right at that moment, ask them to mail you one. Again, you don't have to make this purchase decision right then and there. You can always get a swatch, always. And if you, ha you know what, you might have to pay $5 for it, but you know what, it's so worth it yeah. because lighting is different in everybody's house and get the little swatch home and see if you like it. That's um, a great, I know somebody great idea. Once, yeah, she ordered a couch. It looked like it was a mushroom color. She got it home, and it looked green. It looked like pea soup. Oh, it, it wow. Was completely different. It was awful. So I, I highly recommend getting, you know, a, a swatch if you can. Um, and uh, you know what? Number nine, paying attention too much to fads. 
you know, when you're buying a big piece of furniture, you want it to last for years, you want it to stay in style, you know, you don't want it to come and go quickly. So what I say is, yes, you can buy something that is, you know, in style, but not a fad. You know, if, if there's something that's a fad right now, like let's say it's an iCat pattern, that, that's, that's one of those patterns. It almost has an aztec look to it. It's yes. called iCat. Um, it's very, very um, trendy. It is a fad. Do it on your pillows, on your throw blanket. Those are the things that 10 years from now, especially on a big purchase, you go, oh, my God, I'm so sick of looking at that. You know what? It's, it's just awful. So I always say try to, you know, try not to pay too much attention to fads. You know, if you like the look, achieve it in a different way. Um, Great idea. And lastly, you know what? Ignoring who is really going to be using the furniture. So, you know what? A, a perfect example is I had a client, and she was buying chairs for her family room, and one of the chairs her husband was going to be sitting on. Well, she never really, she said, you know, I think he likes to have, you know, uh, a rocker. I'm almost certain that he wants the chair has to rock. doesn't need to recline, but it needs to rock. Well, he likes a swivel rocker. Oh. He likes to be able to move around and turn and position himself. So, you know, she was thinking, but she didn't thoroughly ask him. So, you know, what is it exactly that you want? And this was a custom chair. And um, you know what? He was very unhappy in the oh. end. I felt bad. But it was just because she had made the mistake of not further asking a little bit more questions. And, you know, that, that can be a disaster. So, you know... Um, you always want to know how it's going to be used, who's going to be using it. You know, a yeah. cream-colored sofa is no good for grubby hands. Yeah, <laughs> a newborn, right, that you know is yeah. going to grow into using markers and coming in with pudding right on their fingers. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that's so funny, but uh, another, another good one. So, very good. I love your top ten. You always give us some top ten ideas to think about. We're actually out of time. So, everyone, if you're intrigued and would like to, you know, ask Holly more questions, you can either email her directly at try myspaceinteriors at gmail.com and try is T-R-I and then S-P-A-C-E and then interiors I-N-T-E-R-I-O-R-S at gmail.com and our website's the same www.tryspaceinteriors.com no worries I will put the email and the website on the Web Talk Radio Architect of Change platform you guys can click and go and get in touch with Holly and of course, um, always, always send me your stories, any frustrations you're having at work or at home in regards to something that you need to change. Please email me directly at Connie at WhitmanAssos.com. So it's C-O-N-N-I-E at WhitmanAssos.com. Um, Holly, thank you so much again. And I love those top 10 ideas because I think it's something that everybody could kind of bite into and it's a good takeaway. They could take notes as they're listening and then pursue it further. So thank you so much for always uh, giving so many great ideas that I think people can go, oh, yeah, I had that experience. Oh, yeah, that happened to my sister. So I always find that to be helpful. So thank you again for that. You're welcome. 
Yes. So we're just going to have to have you on again. <laughs> I would love to come back. And I love putting together top 10 lists. I could put together a top 100. <laughs> you but are I think the top funny. 10 is always a good, a good takeaway. And it's things I think people will, you know, you can remember. You can digest yeah. it easier. Yeah. And again, yeah. take notes and actually use the information. I'm all about using or, or providing useful information. So thank you again. I hope you guys will join me weekly as we question, build, and discover together how to grow and challenge our so we can all embrace change or change for our houses and realize that it's really easier and more po- is, is easier and possible. Um, you know, sometimes we just have to organize and put things in place. Thank you again for joining me. You've been listening to Architect of Change with me, your host, Connie Whitman, on webtalkradio.net. Thank you so much. Have an inspired week, everyone. You've been listening to The Architect of Change with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Thank you for tuning in. We're glad you were here. Time may change me, but I can't change.